Welcome to Art Speaks, a program presented by William King Museum of Art. I'm David Thomas, your host, and our guest today is Charlotte Torrance, who has been at William King as our Director of Youth and Family Education and has only been there four and a half months, so we may uh, stump her with some questions here. But So welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about the uh, academic or work background you had that uh, led you to working in art education. Sure. So my academic background began um, at St. Mary's College of Maryland, which is a small liberal arts college. Um, And there I studied art history. Um, And I mostly just because I really wanted to learn something for the sake of learning it. And that was what I really cared about at the time. Um, When I was there, my first job that I had in a museum was at historic St. Mary's City, which is next to the college. And I worked on a ship. So this was like a living history museum where you dress up in costumes and we were on this recreated (laughs) tall ship and we would sail the ship and we still do. Um, And so that was my first job. And we would have fourth grade groups come down to see the ship in person and they would just love it. And I was like, oh, teaching people about this stuff, getting to do these fun field trips. I just loved that. So I wanted to figure out how to do more. So William Um, King hadn't asked you to wear costumes yet. Is that in the future or... Not well. They haven't asked me, or have I not asked them? <laughs> we'll see. We, we might have you dress up as Mrs. William King for some event. Oh yeah. Okay, but yeah, go ahead. We could do that. Well, I have experience in that. Um, and yeah, so I, I after school actually I um, cut kind of a gap year. I wanted to go to grad school, but I took a year off and I um, got a working holiday visa and went to Australia. And there I volunteered um, on another tall ship that they had there. So I have I have a unique skill set <laughs> that I don't use at the and museum. You're in, you're in <laughs> landlocked Abingdon. Yeah, and now I'm in landlocked Abingdon. So if anyone needs help with their ships, <laughs> I'm, I'm best with 17th century. Um, and when I came back, I, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, um, and I studied art history and museum studies. And so there they had. I'm from Richmond, and they had this kind of dual program that had a strong connection to the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. I decided not to study arts education. I wanted to learn art history because I felt that in a lot of museums, there's a disconnect between the art education department and the curatorial department. And one learns art history and the other focuses on fine arts. And so I wanted to know, I wanted to speak the curator's language to try and bridge the gap between those departments. So that was what, that's what the skill set that I wanted. And I think that that paid off because I think it's been a really useful set of knowledge to have. Yeah. And so from there, I I worked at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts and they had an opening here um, and it all worked out pretty well. (laughs) How did you find out we had an opening? I found out from the Virginia Association of Museums. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what the director of youth and family education is responsible for and uh, kind of what the whole education department's role is. 
Well, when I started, they handed me a piece of paper that's like got small font on it that's two pages long. So if you want to <laughs> hear what I'm responsible for, I can read that. <laughs> now let's just, let's just pick a few highlights. Yeah. So we, we have the title Youth and Family Education, and they actually added and family when I started the job because they wanted more family-focused experiences. But I'm in charge of um, our educational programs generally for people who are 12 and under or family groups. So that can include writing family guides to go in the galleries. So doing that interpretation, um, doing tours for school groups and doing um, art classes, but also um, running our Van Gogh program, which is our largest program where we have an arts education outreach that drives into elementary schools. And we see second and third grade students at 60 different elementary schools in this region. So that's that's always a surprise to people, I think, when they learn about William King is to find out how large a role we play in art education in elementary schools because in, in Southwest Virginia, just because of the economy and things, the uh, schools just don't have art teachers in elementary schools in very many, in, in the majority of counties and cities in Southwest Virginia. So, and and I think we've been doing that since... Uh, 1998. 98, I was yeah. going to say late 90s. And I was uh, born in 96. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Age us all. Age us all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so uh, what are we, I think we're like at 14 different school systems? Or? We're in 12, 12? different counties. Okay. Okay. Um, I think there's one that we used to be in that we're going to start in again. So I think it'll be 13 okay. soon. And um, yeah. um, they're as far away as Lee County and... Mm-hmm. Do we still have a program in Galax? Seems like we, we do. So that's a that's a uh, got to be a hundred and fifty mile range or something there. So that's yep. a pretty big region that we uh, we have that. And I know that uh, one of the things we're doing now that I don't think we were doing early on is is always giving the those second and third graders some art materials to take home with them and a project or something. So they not only have lessons at the school, but they then get a chance to uh, do their own art. Yes. And we have, we don't have those um, right now. We might bring them back for the third lesson. I think we do have some supplies for it. Um, But we're also working on putting together a free little art box program where we have, we have already built the boxes, which we can install in different parts around the region where it's like a free little library. So it's leave art supplies, take art supplies, because art supplies are expensive and hard to find access to. And we want to, we're looking for some sponsorship for this now, and we want to supply them with art supplies to to start. Mm -hmm. So is, um, and then for the fourth graders, we have the Cultural Express, Heritage Express program. So talk a little bit about how that's different from the Van Gogh program. Yeah, so Van Gogh, when you're in second grade in Van Gogh, we go to your school and we teach you three lessons about Native Americans. Um, So it's the first people in America and in this region. In third grade, we go to Van Gogh and we teach you uh, first about Greece and Rome, then ancient China, and then ancient Mali. So you're learning global history and cultural history. And then in fourth grade, it's Heritage Express, which is a field trip where you come to our museum and we focus on the cultural heritage collection. So you're learning your artistic heritage. So first it's the idea of global artistic heritage and this historic background and then learning your own history and that we do have a rich cultural heritage in this region. And for a lot of students, this is their first time visiting a museum as well. Mm -hmm. 
and I know some people may not aware, be aware of this, but William King is not a um, major collecting museum. We we put on exhibitions of of art and other cultural items that we uh, have access to or people loan to us. But uh, the cultural heritage collection is a permanent collection at the museum, and I think. We've got something like 2,000 items or something in that, and it's own dedicated gallery named the Betsy White Cultural Heritage Gallery. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the one place that we rotate through these type of items that do give people a, a good understanding of our cultural heritage. Mm -hmm. So did schools, you you really haven't been here since the... Um, since we've had to adapt to the COVID situation, I know when schools quit having sessions, we did have some areas in which we've tried to present virtual classes and so forth to accommodate that. Uh, is is adapting to that still something you're facing in the schools today? Yes and no, yeah. But um, we're in person in schools now for Van Gogh. Um, I think it will take quite a lot for schools to shut down completely, although we do have to navigate a lot of challenges to accomplish this um, and changing requirements, changing rules, making sure our teachers feel safe, um, making sure we have projects where kids aren't all sharing supplies or touching the same thing or moving around the classroom. So everything right. has to be very individual, kind of prepackaged sets so we have more time preparing supplies beforehand. So there's, <laughs> there's just a lot more obstacles. Um, for Heritage Express, schools have still haven't been doing field trips. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I know you have, in the education department, you have staff that is uh, located at the museum, but uh, you also have a lot of uh, instructors who provide the art education uh, who have to go to all the different schools. Is, it, is that a difficult position to fill, or are there people waiting to participate in a program like that? I, I think there are people who are waiting to, <laughs> to participate in the program, and I, I'm hoping for us to have more soon because we, have, we, we do have room for some more. Um, it's a great position. We have So when we do Van Gogh, we have our Van Gogh vans, so we're able to provide people with the transportation they need to carry out um, these lessons to visit the different schools, and that's having that is just a huge... Um, resource for this program. And it's just um, people love the second graders and the third graders. It's a wonderful age for <laughs> teaching, for teaching art. And our instructors all have um, a degree in fine arts uh, as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. That was something that had to get it, be explained to me. I, my question was, why do we teach kids that young? Because I don't remember learning anything in the second and third grades except how to um, cope with bullies, probably. And uh, so, but I was told that that's a good age to start with because children of second grade, third grade age have developed the motor skills necessary so they can actually create art. And, and, it's, and it's, so that's a good time to give them their early introduction. And they, it, they're also needing to develop the skills and even just a small amount of exposure to arts to really this kind of tactile learning you can see makes a difference in them. And you can notice their growth throughout the year. They're growing really rapidly, and they're learning a lot. And in terms of history, they don't know a lot of history starting in right. second grade. They're learning it for the first time. Right. Yeah. Well, great. Well, 
I know I've heard uh, a couple of um, programs talked about at the museum that are either have started or are coming up. And one of them is um, the learning families activities. So tell our audience a little bit about what all goes on in that program and how they can participate. Yeah, absolutely. So learning families, we can think of like an umbrella. And what it means is any any program under learning families means that it's something that parents and children or caregivers or grandparents and children can participate in together. So it's not just fun for the kids and you're not just there to help the kids. Like you have something that is interesting for both people where you can share that experience. So it's, it's a combined experience. So instead of just having things where you can drop your kids off for art lessons or something, you can bring them to the museum and both do something together. So that's what we call like under our family education. So under learning families, we have uh, family days monthly. So we were trying out different times. Our next family day is um, December 11th, which is a Saturday from 1 to 4. But starting in January, our family days will be on the third Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m., so Thursday nights, and we're always open late on Thursday nights. Right. Um, and so we, you can think third Thursdays. There's a different theme each month. It relates to something in the galleries, and these include a kid-friendly gallery tour, which we'll leave at regular intervals that you can just jump into, and they're going to include a take-home art activity that you can work on together. So our last one, we did design a family crest. And we had one of our instructors who's actually kind of an expert in family crests helping us build that activity. So you can think about your family and your symbols and put something together. Um, and starting in January, these are going to be $5 per kid is kind of the charge for this activity. But it's free if you have a family membership. So if you have more than one kid, you come once every month, get a family membership. It actually saves you money. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, And that's one thing I, that I've noticed different at William King just in the time I've been there is that uh, we go, uh, we add to each gallery information uh, aspects of it that children can understand and give them, tell them something about the art that they're seeing in, in more um, elementary terms, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, and I, and like you say, we've, we also now have for a few of our exhibits had a, uh, I don't know what you call it, work gallery guide that yeah, the we kids have a, can work in. Yes, we now have children's guides for each of the exhibitions. And this is part of learning families because it's something that parents and children can do together. It has kind of, it's like a children's version of an explanation of what the exhibit's about, which I think can also be helpful for adults. If you find the exhibition yeah, confusing, you can I've learned read some that. from them. <laughs> <laughs> and then it has activities the beginning of the booklet will be stuff you can do in the gallery there's a scavenger hunt there's some activities so you can go into the gallery with kids who have never been to a museum before and there's going to be fun stuff you can do just in this little booklet which is totally free and then at the end there's stuff you can do at home there's coloring pages there's an art activity with instructions some one of them has a crossword um so there's different stuff that you can do with it there and at home. It, you can have a whole day of fun just using this little booklet. So we have that for every exhibition. We're also planning to open um, what we call the Learning Families Imagination Studio, which we're working on right now. Um, and that's going to be a room with a chalkboard wall, a reading corner, a hands-off kind of um, unsupervised art activity station, um, and what we're calling the Imagination Fort, which is actually kind of a play fort. So there's like this kid-friendly interactive space 
that we'll have open during museum hours. So that's work in progress. Um, and then we also have some classes that fall under learning families. So classes that parents or grandparents or caregivers can take with the children learning about art. And a big one um, that we have coming this spring is going to be our Little Lambs program. Oh, I've heard of that too. Yeah. So is this going to involve gathering wool or what's, what, what are some of the activities in the Learning Lambs? A li a little little, little lambs. The Little Learning Lambs. So <laughs> we're um, turning one of our classrooms is going to be turned into a fiber arts children's classroom. This is a grant-funded program that will have multi-part classes for different age groups, uh, plus adults with the children together, um, working on the entire production of a fiber arts object. And so we're actually going to start by meeting a sheep ah, and okay. <laughs> go from there into looking at learning about the process of cleaning wool. We're not going to do it literally because I found out it's actually really um, toxic. <laughs> so we're not doing that. But we're going to do carding, which is making wool into roving, spinning, and different styles of spinning depending on age group, which makes the wool into yarn. Um, dyeing the yarn with very non-toxic dyes, like Kool-Aid, and then <laughs> weaving or knitting, finger knitting, different kind of ways of turning that into an art object at the end. So wow. it's the whole process of how do we turn a sheep into something. And children don't get to witness that process of creation. So it kind of makes that visible for the, the kids wow. by making it hands-on. And it's also interesting for parents who are like, well, I want to learn how to spin wool. Right. And come do it with your kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that sounds like more than you can cover in one session. Is this going to be like multiple sessions to go through that process? Yeah. So I think most of them are going to be at least like four classes in mm -hmm. a row, except for we're going to have, I think, about two age groups of early childhood classes. And those will be one off, one hour, probably daytime classes. So one for younger toddlers, one for toddler preschool age. Um, and for that, we're going to we have a little um, sheep puppet. We're going to look at different types of wool and touch them, maybe have a storybook. And we're going to learn about um, wet felting. So we're going to make a felted soap bar. If you've ever had one of those soap bars with felt on the outside, which is just a useful item to have when you have toddlers too. And, but we're going to make it and it's a very sensory activity. So we're going to have, um, I think it'll be our first time having early childhood offerings for a while. Yeah. I'm always on the lookout for ways to cut expenses at the museum. And so I'm, I'm visualizing a herd of sheep that stay there and do our maintain our grass, grassy areas. That could be nice, yeah. Part of the uh, <laughs> new construction. Right. <laughs> Just tell the people working there to make a pen. Right. Yeah. There may be some maintenance issues I haven't thought about yet. but uh, And I'm glad you mentioned one thing, which is that, uh, about the activities that are free, when, when that, that all of our exhibits are free to the public and and anyone who just wants to visit at any time and go through the galleries, that's always free. Uh, we do have some events that have material costs and so forth that we charge for, but uh, basically the fundamental parts of the museum are are free to the public and we want to keep it that way. All right. Uh, now, how do people find out you talked about having a, a scheduled day for learning families, but how do people find out about when that's going to occur and where to, how, how to get enrolled or whatever, or any other educational event? That we have? How, how can you direct people to, 
learn about that? Uh, the easiest way is going to be electronically. So you can look at our website. You can click on Learn or Events tabs on our website. We'll have lists of things coming up that you can scroll through. And for a lot, anything that's paid, you can register online and you're all set. Um, another way is to look on our social media like Facebook or Instagram. There are Facebook events, Instagram posts for all the events. And then on the website, you can also sign up for our email list and get it straight oh. to your inbox. Right. Um, if you're old-fashioned, you can walk up into the museum and look at all our posters and our <laughs> bulletin board and ask the nice people at the front desk, and we'll get you all set up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like I said earlier, you've only been there um, uh, a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about the job that you uh, visualized when you took the position and and the, what's the job actually been and has that been a good transition or shocking? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been good and shocking. <laughs> Maybe both. Um, it's a big job, but I was told that I think when I had my interview, I had the odd feeling that it was more like a warning than an interview. <laughs> it was like, are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, and I and I knew it was, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of juggling. Um, and I think I've had, my experiences so far, I've had to develop organizational skills. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've had to use a lot more skills than I expected that I had to use in general since I came here. And strange, like experiences I've had through my life that even weren't academic have taught me skills that I've had to use in the museum. But mm-hmm. what I really like about being in a small museum is that in my role, I have a lot of autonomy where I get to say, I want to do fiber arts and apply to grants and invent something brand new and just do it. So we're all about just, you know, dive all the way in, hit the ground (laughs) running and just just get it done. And having that independence, especially as a young professional, I think is worth it. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And and just to compliment the staff here, but I know uh, people from the various departments of the museum all pitch in and help each other and help with events and that type of thing, which um, I'm sure having to help with Mistletoe Market, our gifting fundraiser, um, is probably not a topic taught in at, at VCU in your master's <laughs> degree. Yeah. But uh, the attitude of the staff is just always amazing about how they all make sure things happen like like we want them to. Well, right before we came here, I had both curators um, helping me build something for the Imagination Studio and one of them holding a drill. (laughs) (laughs) So that's definitely true. (laughs) Well, and so you're also new to um, Southwest Virginia and Abingdon. And and so coming from Richmond, you know, Virginia's metropolitan area Mm -hmm. after Washington, the Washington suburbs from... But uh, so what have been some of the things that have surprised you or both pleasantly and maybe unpleasantly about living in uh, southwest Virginia? Well, I think um, there's a lot that I've learned about this region that I never knew. I never thought too much about it before. It's not very visible in that sense. But part of the mission of our museum, right, is to do this research on the cultural heritage of this region of Appalachia, which is a a form of research that has not been done before, especially artistically. 
and to kind of advocate for the fact that there is a rich history and cultural and artistic heritage in this area. And so I've, I've learned about that history that that is not visible. And I think I, I've been really impressed by it. And I'm proud to get to be a part of um, teaching people about it and educating about it. So I, mostly I'm, I'm actually very impressed with the region. Abingdon has some great restaurants. I think that shocks people as they come through. It does. <laughs> but I quite, I quite like it. And I think I'm a rurally inclined person. So I'm, I, I'm happy with it. Well, mm-hmm. we're glad you're here and, and hope you can continue to enjoy it. The, um, the other aspect of education that William King um, is involved in is, is our partnership with Emory and Henry College. And um, so tell us a little bit about, um, uh, I don't know if that's even going to affect your department specifically because I know uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the students that are in programs in museum studies and so forth um, have an opportunity to do internships at, at the museum. And we've been, we've had some very talented people come that have, have come down and helped us out a lot. Um, so I don't know if you're involved in that. Is that something you hope to get involved in? Or? Yeah, I hope to be um, involved in it. And now we have our exclusive internship program with Emory and Henry. And I know a lot of those interns are coming to us from Museum Studies and Art History. Um, if you're an intern, I want you to know that arts education is not foreign to you. That we're we're really a good place to go to look and be experienced. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to be an art teacher. I don't want to be a fine artist. I don't want to teach art lessons. There's more that I think um, you can learn from us. And I'll tell you, I'm an art history background. I'm a museum studies background, not an artist education background. So I want those art historians. <laughs> I have work for you. <laughs> well, I just want to remind the listeners that you're listening to WEHC 90.7 FM. Uh, to Art Speaks from William King Museum of Art in Abingdon. And our guest today is Charlotte Torrance, who is the Director of Youth and Family Education at the museum. And uh, so we have learned um, quite a bit about um, the education aspects of the museum. So from uh, your time there, tell us about exhibits or any upcoming exhibits or anything that you uh, have have enjoyed or are looking forward to? Well, right now we have our Bernini exhibition, which is a really rare opportunity for us to have that out in our region. And I would take advantage and go see it. It's free. We have uh, gallery guides you can take home, family guides, and even date night packets that are all free. So you can make a whole experience out of your visit. Um, our big show upcoming later this spring is going to be the Long Rifle exhibition, and that's, I think, quite a big one. Right. We just opened, well, The Circle Be Unbroken, which is about birth and death traditions in Appalachia, and I think is a really excellent show, and I find really, really interesting. Yeah, I learned a lot. Uh, We just went through that Saturday, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there were some traditions that I wasn't even aware of, like saving the ribbons from funeral floral displays, I guess, and mm-hmm. turning that into a kind of a remembrance, uh, I don't know what you call it, panel mm-hmm. or something. Uh, and so, yeah, people, people will think will learn um, quite a bit about some of our traditions uh, at that particular exhibit. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think about the uh, long rifle exhibit uh, and um, 
that may be a, a good challenge for you on how to um, how to make that a family event. So I'm looking forward to, uh, <laughs> but that is for the for just for the listeners. Um, that is going to be one of the major events that's ever been held at William King. Uh, it'll be starting April 1st of mm-hmm. next year, and we are underway with construction that. Um, is going to make access to the museum a lot easier and uh, and and more uh, of a um, take advantage of our views from in front of the museum uh, and get rid of uh, rickety steps, but have nice terraces uh, for people to. We hopefully will have some events on and mm-hmm. so forth, and I'm sure you'll have something to take children out and take advantage of those terraces and mm-hmm. so forth. Well, Charlotte, thank you for speaking with us today, and good luck at William King. Thank you.